0: Anything that you do in your life, where do you find the strength? Where do we find strength to overcome? I know that all of you would say, well, you find strength in God. And that's correct because we know from Scripture in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But it took me many years before I truly understood what that meant. How could I truly rest in God and be sheltered by His glorious wings and let all things be done in His strength and not mine? Every lost person has no idea what that means, they have no idea what God's strength truly is. And sadly, The majority of Christians don't either. That's why so many Christians are miserable and full of worry and dismay and doubt. Constantly. Trying to change their life on their own while wearing a t-shirt that says, I trust in Jesus. I just want to explain something, and it's very important. If you're doing things and trying to overcome anything in your life, be what it may. You will fail without the strength of God to carry you through. When you're in your strength, then you're not in God's. You're not trusting God. But you'll come back at me and say, well, I trust the Lord in everything. Do you? Have you? Will you? Can you give everything over to him so that he will work the situation out for his good and his glory? Or do you get in the way when you assume you know the outcome and you might not like what that may be? And you try to change it. Oh, God, I don't I don't want that to happen. So, here, let me do this. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God will shelter and uphold us. And no matter what he tells us in scripture, guess what? That's not good enough for us. It's not enough. We think that we can do some things better than God our creator. Let me give you an example of my, in my life. You guys know I was laid off about eight months ago. And I was called recently for a job interview, and it went well. This was a few months back. was sent after the interview. I was, everything went okay. I was sent to, to another location to take a drug screen and get more information. But as soon as I walked in the door, I felt in my spirit God saying no. No, no, not now. So I left. I didn't take it. A few months later, I was called back again to the same job. And I took it, but I went against what God was telling me the first time. Because I was distressed and uncertain of what was going to happen. You know how easily I forgot the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, 25-27. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature or a span to his life? I wasn't applying that scripture. I took that job anyway. Going against what God told me. And I was absolutely miserable for three weeks straight. And Stephanie can attest to that. Because my spirit was torn up because I went against what God had told me not to do. And then one day, I was called for another position. With better hours. And I had to start right away. So, I left the position I was in. Same day. After I left, I got a phone call, and they changed the shift, they pushed back the start date, and it didn't happen. And then this past Friday, Valentine's Day, I had an interview, this was for a really good job, really good job, but I had to drive 40 miles to get there, of course, we had the snowstorm, my interview was at 4 o'clock, right in the middle of all this snow, and traffic, and I'm about halfway there and I'm stalled in traffic, so what I do is I get on my phone and I, you know, I check my emails because I'm just sitting at a dead stop. I get an email from the guy that was going to interview me telling me that they're passing on me. I don't have to come to the interview. He didn't call me. I was a little perturbed, of course, but I said, okay, God. And then instead of doing what I had always done in the past, and that was relying on myself to figure out my next move or next step, what I was going to do. I knew I had to let go of the reins and just give it all over to God and let him take total control. You know, I had done this in many other areas of my life. But when it came to a job or money, etc., I would not give it over to him and it burnt me badly sometimes, very badly. And it's all because I was being disobedient. I was trying to justify that I had to take these jobs or do this with money because I had to support my family, and so saw no other way of taking care of the situation. I was doing it in my own strength. I asked God to forgive me. And then the Holy Spirit moved me to recognize and finally see that I do not take care of myself and my family. He does. But how long does it take a man to figure that out? A long time sometimes. And it was at this moment that the burden of these trials with these positions that I've had and being laid off so many times by different places, it was finally taken off my shoulders. I have to wait for God to move. Not me moving to where I think that he should be we moving to where I think I should be. You know, that this baggage, the uncertainties, the worries and the stresses that I carried around for many years was finally able to let go of. I gave it over to God and I wanted fully for his wisdom and strength to intervene and control every aspect of my life. We can't give half of ourselves to God. We can't give three-fourths. We have to give all of ourselves to God. It wasn't just the, the bits and pieces that we just want to give to him. And we think that we can handle the others. Or I felt that God could handle for me that I just didn't want to deal with. Did you hear what I just said? I was worried about God Almighty not being able to take care of something for me. Not able to see me through. God, my creator. And I know some people that hear this, they'll, they'll scoff and they'll shake their heads. Why didn't you get it? But the majority of them are doing the same thing right now. And they may not even realize it with certain aspects of their life. You guys may be doing that right now and not realizing that you're doing it. My best advice is to see where you're failing and start there. I'm not looking for sympathy when I use examples of myself in my life. You know, even current ones. You know, I'm using them to show that at my weakest points in life the strength of Christ will be the strongest for me. When I feel that I am strongest in my own strength, that's when I have the greatest failures. Jesus told us in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You can't get any rest until you give those over to him. What about what the Holy Spirit said via Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10? Those verses in your heart when you're going through a trial. Remember, God is refining you. God is showing you that you need Him, not yourself. Do you have fear or fears, inhibitions, worries, doubts? We all do in some form. But you know what these are? They're just the outcomes of when you try to do things in your own power. It also means that you don't rely on God in those areas. Joy, peace, love, and a viewpoint in God's eternal glory come when you put your full trust in Him and let the power of our great God lift you up. It has to be full trust in everything in your life. Everything. Dying to self means that you die. To yourself. It doesn't mean you're you're on the life support of the world waiting to die. You have to die to yourself. You have to die to this world. Be in it, not of it. Isaiah 26 4 says, Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You know, it's when we lose ourselves. When we truly die and lose ourselves. Or basically, as we like to say nowadays, get over ourselves. That's when God will shine through us. Then we will do things that many will remember. We're told to bear good fruit. But the tree doesn't grow in a day. An apple tree takes four to six years from a seed to full maturity to bear fruit. But even a full-grown apple tree, if not properly cared for and nourished, can give bad fruit or diseased fruit. Right? The same holds true for us. Are we trying to nurture and grow ourselves or are we letting the Holy Spirit do the work in us? Jeremiah seventeen five and 6 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. So what's being fed into your spirit? What are you feeding to your spirit? What type of fruit are you producing? Be honest with yourselves. Philippians 2.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. It's about Him. You guys hear me say that all the time. It's not about us. It's about God. So listen to me. This is the truth of all of this in our lives. You're not the one who feeds your spirit. And you can on your own produce nothing but rotten fruit. You guys know that. You've lived long enough to see what comes from you when you do it on your own. You just have to get out of the way so the Holy Spirit can be raised up to feed you. Then God will produce good fruit by him through you for his glory. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do nothing unless it is through Christ who strengthens me. James 1, 2-8 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Listen to this. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now all of us at certain points of our lives have been double-minded and unstable, right? We've been that person James is talking about. Some of us could be right there right now. We've moments throughout the day where we get like that. And we have to get back in fellowship with God. You know, when you were in trials, doubt was your best friend, wasn't it? You know, it was a doubt that stares you in the face in the morning in the mirror. Or do you rise with the song of God in your heart, knowing that whatever the day, the year, whatever your life may bring only comes within the boundaries that our sovereign God allows us to go? Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Isaiah 12.2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Look at the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul acknowledged all the troubles that he faced in life. But he says, Lord God rescued him from all of them. He took no credit for himself. Despite what you're going through, if you hold on to God and his word, he will rescue you. Paul came face to face with death many times. But was in harmony because he knew that he had a crown of righteousness waiting on him because he didn't give up his good fight of faith. Paul realized. What we all have to truly acknowledge, that all these sufferings and trials, they're temporary. They will vanish. They come to an end. But what doesn't end is the glory and love of God for you. That remains for eternity. Psalm 118.6 says, The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And Job 12:13 says, "With God are wisdom and might; He has counsel and understanding." You cannot gain any of this if you're looking to self-help anything—teachers, books, conferences, etc. You can't look inside yourself and find that inner peace or strength. You know the self-helps—a billion-dollar industry. And even Christian authors are starting to ride these coattails. Basically duping believers into thinking that they have to spend money on these people to find peace and prosperity and health. You know, they'll say things like, you want peace? Then be peaceful with everyone. You want prosperity? Then sow money and you will be blessed financially. You want to overcome that sickness? Then you tell it to leave you with positive thoughts and you look inside and tell yourself that you're a winner. So on and so forth. You guys have heard it. But what does scripture say about our thoughts and our words? Psalm 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You have to see that inside and out that you are rotten to the core. And only God can give you the means to be born again and to become spotless. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Belief in Christ will cause the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and then you can become cleansed, justified, and born again. He renews us every day. But what do we do? We seek every avenue and every vice to bring fulfillment and joy in our lives, don't we? And we do nothing but put ourselves in God's permissive will. When we do this, we're like hamsters that get on the wheel. We use every bit of our time, our energy, and our resources running on that wheel. And what happens when we get off? We didn't go anywhere. We're still in the same spot as to where we were when we started. Isaiah 31 says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel but not of me, and who devise plans but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. So all you're doing is compounding the problem when you do it in your own strength. All of us, especially when we're younger, we all have this grand plan for our lives, don't we? We know how it's all going to work out, and we know everything that we're going to do. And our lives go on as planned without a hitch, don't they? Absolutely not. Why is that? Because many have been deemed successful by the world's standards, and what did they have to show for it when they died? Absolutely nothing because they refused God and now they spend eternity in hell. That's what they have to show for it. Our lives are not measured by what is in us or what we have done. Our lives are measured by who we are and what we have done in Christ. That's it. Either you are letting Satan and his ilk guide your steps or you believe in Christ to guide you in his will and purpose for your life. Christ said in Mark eight thirty six 36-37, for what will a profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And we see countless people selling their soul to the devil every day. For meaningless things that they cannot take with them when they die. Trusting on God to guide your life and totally resting in Him does not mean that you'll have clarity. People seek clarity, don't they? Clarity doesn't bring purpose in God's perfect will. Faith does. You have to have so much faith in God that you can jump into a volcano of life, trusting that he will spare you, even though the trials may burn you at times. You have to trust that his strength will pull you through no matter how severe the test may seem to you. How hard it is. You have to trust in faith that God will pull you through. I hear people say that God will not give you more than you can handle. I don't agree with that. I believe that at times God will give you more than you can handle and you have no choice but to turn to him because nothing or no one can get you through except for his strength. I would not have come to God if he would have not dealt me more than I could handle. Because I was always strong-willed, and I always wanted to fix it myself, and I could take care of it, no matter how hard it was. And that's why I failed many times in my life. Because I tried to do them on my own. What about you? When you lay there with cancer, or on the brink of bankruptcy, or divorce, or as the sin of choice slowly eats at your body and spirit, whatever you're going through. At what point did you or will you see that you can only be raised from the depths of despair only by the might of God and His tremendous power? Psalm 103, 1-6 says, Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deepest within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord on my soul and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and corruption? Who beautifies, dignifies, and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy? Who satisfies your mouth with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles overcoming and soaring? The Lord executes righteousness and justice. For all who are oppressed. And you want to know how you grow spiritually? It's when you truly let go. Asking God to take it for you. Trusting Him to take it for you. Jesus asked for us to give Him our burdens. But we want to hold on to them. Why? Is it fear? Uncertainties? Lack of trust in the Savior to get us through or all of the above. I came to fully trust in Him controlling my life when I understood, and listen to me, please, that the mountains, the wilderness, path, or storm-raised sea before me were created by Him. If God created them, then He would guide me through them. Who would know how to do that better than God Himself? Rest in Him. Psalm 27, 13-14 through 14 says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. B. Killebrew said that there are three kinds of Christians. And I quote, Feeling a little desperate, I was wondering why God let me endure so much when this thought crossed my mind. Am I a fair-weather Christian? If I'm a fair-weather Christian, perhaps I seem to believe and even honestly think I believe when all is well and then blame God and turn against Him when stormy or bad weather comes into my life. I don't think that's true of me in spite of my desperate moment. There are, of course, Christians of the opposite kind. Those that cling to a buoy in stormy weather but float carefree along in calm waters Caring not about their Savior when all is well. You've probably heard about Christians like this, or you know some. They say there are no atheists in foxholes. Sadly, for many years I was this type of Christian, but I think I have grown in Christianity over the years. The third type of Christian is the kind I want to be and hope to be most of the time. This type is thankful for blessings and turns to God with thanks for all the good things in life. When things sour, they turn to God for direction. And when God says no, they try to understand. And through all times and all disturbances, no matter what happens, they have the peace of the presence of the Lord in their lives. Which kind of Christian are you? In Luke 10:27, Jesus answered and said, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. This means all of the time, not when we need something. Our reliance upon God should never cease. He is what sustains us. First Corinthians 1.8 says, And He will establish you to the end. That means you need to keep steadfast. Because He will guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that Jesus Christ was the strongest man spiritually and mentally that ever walked this earth. You know, we would all agree on his strength and fortitude, right? But where did he seek his strength? Not from himself. The Holy Spirit sustained him. He sought God in everything. Luke 3, 21-22, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. And Luke 4, 1-2, and 2, Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan right after he was baptized and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. But what does it say at the first part of that? Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus trusted the full weight of God's mighty hand, his power and glory at the beginning of his life and ministry, and also to the end. He was always Relying upon God's strength as we are supposed to be. Towards the end, Luke twenty-two, forty-one through 44 in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will but yours be done. All of us need to remember that. Not our will, but God's will be done in our lives. And we need to ask for God's will to be done in our lives. But after this, an angel appeared to Christ from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. God prepared Jesus' heart for what he was about to endure. From that point on through Calvary, God strengthened him so that he could endure it. So saying that if Jesus is our example and our beautiful Savior who sought God and His strength in everything, then why aren't we doing it? We put our trust in Him to save us for eternity, right? And to take us to heaven to be with Him. We believe that. But we don't have the trust to believe He will help us out of a very minuscule situation in the full scope of our lives. Trust God. Rest in His arms. Let go because you cannot do anything without God. You have to realize that. You have To realize that i can do all things through christ who strengthens me not around christ not above christ not under christ only through all things must pass through our savior and his ultimate strength take everything to him and you will not fail